You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now entering the Second Big Comics Podcast. Starring Mark Claire and Rimzo Martinez. Come on, guys, you gotta run! It's the Batman! No, I'm vengeance. I'm sorry, I've been thinking of that all day, every day, since I went to go see The Batman in theaters, directed by Matt Reeves, starring Robert Pattinson. I feel like this movie is supposed to have come out, like, you know, a dozen times by now. We were really supposed to get it a year ago. But uh, I'm glad we got it irregardless. And I went ahead and saw it once with my family in Virginia. And then I went ahead and saw it a week and a half later here in Wisconsin. And I love it so much. I wanted to go ahead and make it the entire theme for this month's potpourri episode. But we can't do this without the one, the only, the defender of Gotham City in Mexico, Mr. Mark Clare. <laughs> Mark, how goes it? Bat hombre. I'm not sure the word for bat in, in Spanish, to be honest, but I'll find out. That'll be my homework. Uh, but yes, that you know, that's how familiar are you? How much old Adam West Batman have you watched, by the way? Dude, I have not only seen every Adam West Batman, but I own both of the animated Caped Crusaders animated film starring him and Burt Ward in Steelcase Blu-ray DVDs and... I also case. Wow. Yeah, the, the steel case Blu-ray. Yeah, the, the steel case uh, custom art uh, Blu-ray and DVD edition. And I have an Adam West plastic bust that sits on my mantle. OK, so familiar is familiar is the answer. <laughs> uh, Adam West will always Dude, be. My... I got to sign. I signed Adam West Memorial Wall. They had a traveling wall that you could sign a message to Adam West after he passed. And I got to sign the wall. His greatest role may still be Mayor West on, on Family Guy. Well, no, Batman is the greatest role. Somebody's stealing my shits. This toilet knows something. The Bat Tootsie is what will be forever etched in my mind. That that's I 
so vividly remember that is that I think that might be what really got me into comics, the Bat Tootsie. Everything else is just all fluff. When you were uh, a young, a young lad, what, and, and I know you're coming into comics around the era of Frank Miller and everything, but was the pop, but was the popular persona of Batman the new Frank Miller Batman, had that really become popular or was it still trying to fight off the campiness of the Adam West years? It was certainly becoming a grittier Batman because it was, it was right around when I got in the comics that they did the Batman broken back storyline uh, brought in Azrael. So of course, Azrael kind of is what represented more of that nineties grittier, grittier edge. I mean, I wouldn't say that I wouldn't say Batman was seen as the Frank Miller Batman, but I, th- I think you could see, signs that they were moving in that direction because even when bruce wayne comes back from his 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 back his broken back he does i feel like he has a little bit more of an edge to him after that too just um you know the whole storyline coming back so i think i think they're in a way they they wanted batman to somewhat match the the tone of the rest of the 90s where just every terrible thing was happening to heroes and they were just getting grittier and grittier um, but I don't think it ever quite became like the Frank Miller version of the Batman. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking of old Batman, uh, from, uh, you know, Dark Knight Returns and maybe, maybe you're thinking more along the lines of, of a year one Batman. So, and I think, yeah, I don't know. I, I think Batman's or Batman's, uh, Frank Miller's rendition of Batman might, might still be like the most well-known at the time and now most iconic, but I don't know if the main DC continuity Batman necessarily reflected quite, quite that level of, uh, of grit. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like to just really refer to as much as Frank Miller deserves the credit for as Rob Liefeld puts it, you know, basically creating the Batman everyone actually likes. It, it was this idea that he wasn't like, you know, the, the Saturday morning special Batman that was, you know, affable and like the the campy dad stereotype to Robin and stuff like that. It's that, you know, he he investigated grittier crimes. He had more violent villains and that it could actually sometimes be, you know, suspenseful at times. It wasn't always like, you know, that Batman's going to solve the crime. Unlike, you know, reading Superman where you're like, not, nothing can stop Superman. You know, at the end of the story, Superman's always going to win. The bad guy's always going to go to jail. But um, speaking of which, I mean, uh, I, I just want to go ahead and just just jump right into the deep end of this. The Batman has been probably one of the most hyped films in a long time, most likely for two reasons. One, because we're putting out this movie, which is completely divorced from the DC Extended Universe plan. It was originally going to be written, directed, and starred uh, by Ben Affleck. And then in around 2017, 2018, that basically fell apart and that Matt Reeves was cast to direct it and they were going in a whole new direction. And then, you know, with COVID, I think this was really supposed to come out about a year and a half ago, but COVID kept pushing it off. So we had uh, DC Fandom 2020, which was so much fun. And basically all the things that Fandom promised would come a year from that, a year from then, um, most of it still hasn't come out yet. We're in 2022 now, and now we're only starting to get some of the content peeled off. But um, I got to say, it lived up to the hype. I think I've seen a lot of people try and rank this in terms of where this falls in their Batman scale. And what I can say after letting the recency bias wear off is that as much as I really liked it, as much as I really think the cast was great and that Robert Pattinson really pulled it off. And I like seeing Jeffrey Wright and Zoe Kravitz as, um, you know, the leads 
and, and Colin Farrell. Like my God, I didn't even know that John uh, uh, John Tudoro was was in it uh, playing Carmine Falcone. I didn't see that coming. As much as I really liked it, people have been really trying to see whether or not it stacks up to the Christopher Nolan films, primarily Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. And what I can probably say is that for me. It's probably more akin to a movie like Joker. It was really good. It had some standout performances. But if I had to go ahead and say, you know, is it better than Batman Begins? I don't think I could say that. I still think that Batman Begins is an objectively better movie. I can't even say that it's better than The Dark Knight. I still think The Dark Knight is an objectively better movie. But is that to say that the Batman is lesser in quality? No. Is it lesser in the skill of the actors or the, you know, the the way the story was written? No. It's just different. And different can still be good. And I was I was happy with where they're taking things. And, you know, I don't know how I feel about a Gotham police prequel series on HBO Max. I, I feel a little bit more optimistic about the Penguin spinoff they're going to do that takes place moments after the end of the Batman. But, uh, you know, in terms of setting up a franchise, I think they. They 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 did something really strong. I think they went back to their roots of, you know, Warner Brothers putting out good standalone uh, superhero films. And, you know, overall, like I, I was not disappointed. All right. And that is a review of the Batman. Goodbye, folks. Everybody. It's been, <laughs> we just that that was a hot start right there. Just diving right in. Well, before I give any of my response to any of that, I'm going to remind everybody all the ways you got to be following what we're doing on Twitter at Second Print Pod, on Instagram at Second Print Pod. We have a Facebook page that we don't do much with, to be honest, but we do post episodes over there, facebook.com slash Second Print Pod. And if you want to get involved, if you want to hop over into the Second Print Fan Zone on Facebook, that's our private group for our supporters. You can join our Patreon, patreon.com slash Second Print Pod, where you got all sorts of incredible bonus content, including my current run-through of the entire Ultimate Fantastic Four series. Remso, anything to add? patreon.com slash second print pod actually i I do have i I do have one announcement um i made a i made a post within our facebook group and i'm gonna go ahead and send out another message to patrons but i thought i might as well just cover it here because i know for all of you who are patreon supporters you're more likely to catch it through the phone through the show than uh you know checking your phone and seeing the updates and stuff um Starting in April through probably August for our $25 members and up, we're changing how we're doing shipping for your graphic novels. As many of you have known for a while, we usually partner with different stores and I'll go ahead and negotiate a bulk discount. So that way we can get you better quality books at a price that's fair for us because we also have to compensate the cost of shipping. Now, because of a lot of stuff going on in the world still it's become more expensive so uh no I, politics yeah i can't i can no longer uh go to the current comic book store i'm going to because of just business reasons so what because i'm trying to yeah because of Remzo's support for vladimir putin Be, because because what, of that because of that comrade yeah obviously <laughs> so what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to call a couple local comic shops in the area see if i can negotiate uh you know a, a better way to do business that's good for them and good for us but until then what we're going to be doing is we're going to be um getting your graphic novels to you through amazon and i know some of you are like well you know you're always talking about supporting local stores we're still going to support local stores the goal is 
to get a good deal with the local store so that way we could support local comic shops and keep the comic book community uh, going that way because Amazon gets enough of our money. We shouldn't give it more than to it. But starting in April, if you're getting a book in April through the summer, you're going to be getting those packages through Amazon. And I'm hoping through August, maybe September, we'll have something taken care of. So just want to let you know, if you see a random uh, Amazon package with a graphic novel inside, you didn't accidentally sleep order in the middle of the night. It's from Mark and I. So especially if you're at the epic crossover level, just 25 bucks a month and every three months you get a hand selected graphic novel from Renzo or I as this young young lad was just informing you of. So so much fun, so much action uh, over there on the second print Patreon. And uh, it makes it, it helps us because we can go to sleep at night knowing at least that we don't need to sweat the bills. We, we can afford to promote this podcast. We can afford the hosting, the website, all of that stuff. And we don't need to you know sweat extra money out of our pocket. So it's a, it's a huge help. The more you guys put into it, the more we put in because we're not making money on this thing. Let's be honest. All, all, everything we got from you guys is going directly back into the show. So check it out. Patreon.com slash second print pod. Now that we have paid the bills a little bit or attempted to give you my thoughts on the Batman. And how many times have you seen it in theaters? Just once. Okay, so I'm still in the lead of two. Well, I mean, I, 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 I was just really impatient. I, I know I said I'm a week and a half twice or, in the theater. Guy. I, know. I mean, I can't, I can't remember the last time. I don't know if I have. Didn't you see No Way the Home twice? No, I didn't see. It. Oh. I never did. We talked about it, but I never had it up happening. Ah, oh. yeah, no, I, I, I know I said a week and a half earlier. Now that I think of it, by by time of recording, it's only like been out for a week and a half. So I saw it two Saturdays ago and I saw it this previous Saturday. So I saw probably like six days apart. Fair enough. So did you, I'm, I'm curious then, did you like it better the second time? I did. Or, um, you know, there, okay. I just, I, I got to really pay attention to certain moments that I really liked. And I, I got to give moments that were a bit confusing a second look. And, uh, you know, th- this is one of those films where, I mean, there's, there's so much to cover in, like a two hour, 50 minute runtime. And I, I think the one criticism that I think is kind of invalid. It was two fifty. Did you say 15 or 50? Cause it was, it was almost three hours. Yeah. I said two hours, 50 minutes. Five oh, zero. Okay. Yeah. I mean, th- this is the longest runtime on any Batman film ever. It's one of the longest runtimes that uh, Warner brothers has put out for a film. So, I mean, there's always so much to focus on. What, what I can say is that the one thing that I'll give this over let's say like the dark knight or even the dark knight rises my criticism of both those nolan films the dark knight trilogy is that the first act takes so long to set up the story that by the time they actually get to the actual conflict the whole movie basically changes because the first hour of the dark knight is actually not that good you've got the really cool bank heist and then it's uh, Batman dealing with those Chinese bankers who were laundering money for the mob. And that's not until about an hour in when the Joker is introduced again that it actually picks up. And same goes for The Dark Knight Rises. Like the first hour of that film is just not very memorable at all. Well, I liked about this is I, I that... I know it's the least heralded movie, but for some reason, I, I have a soft spot for it. Mostly because I just really like Tom Hardy's Bane. Oh, I, I, I really like it, too. It's just, you know, comparatively, it's not the strongest. But I, I think a lot of people are overly critical of it because of the ending, which I, I understand. I don't like the idea of Batman quitting either. But, um, you know, with this, with, with the Batman, from, from the first scene, they, they pick up the story. Like, there's very little setup, and I think that's to 
their strength. I think it's one of the strengths of um, of the Tom Holland Spider-Man in the MCU films. You didn't have to do too much setup. You could just give a little bit of pretext and get straight into the story. And, um, you know, I think that's what the Batman did really well. But with that said, though, I mean, it's just such a long film. There's a lot that you might miss if you're not paying attention. And uh, this time, I think a lot of things that I may have been a little bit confused about. Uh, definitely after the second showing, I was like, oh, I, I get it. Oh, I really appreciate certain parts some more. All right. Why don't we do this so we can talk about those things that you might have picked up? Look, we're, we're what are we, 15 or so minutes into this podcast? Look, if you haven't seen the Batman yet and you want to see it and you don't want to be spoiled, why don't you go ahead and pause this right now and come back whenever you see it, which, should, you know, worst case is on HBO Max next month. And if, if you don't want to see it by then, you probably don't care enough and you'll probably just keep listening to this podcast. But this is your official spoiler warning. Spoilers are about to come. Okay, there. That was, that was sufficient time to pause, I think. We, we've, we've done our due diligence for those. <laughs> I think so. I, I think we have, for sure. And... Uh, I'm not really sure where to start. Where should I start? I'm just going to start with the basics. Let's start with the basics. Robert Pattinson. What'd you think specifically about him? I think he was great. I think, um, you know, I, part of me, part of me still feels robbed of the fact that this should have been Ben Affleck's first solo Batman film. Part of me still could not let that up, but that's not, that's not like a slide against Robert Pattinson. I, I've been a Robert Pattinson supporter for many years. I think it was really unfair that people keep since the second Twilight movie. <laughs> more, more like actually, like the the one film where I where I watched a minute and I was like, this guy's actually a good actor. Was a film with um I forget what her name is. Uh, shoot the the lady from Legally Blonde. What's her name? Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. He was in a movie of Reese Witherspoon called Water for Elephants. It's a drama with um with Christoph Waltz it, that that was a that was a movie that I had to read the book for and then I went and saw the movie and I was like this guy's actually a good actor and he's done a lot of stuff between Twilight and here it's been a, almost 14 years I actually really thought he was fantastic in a uh, in Tenet uh I think that was one of his better performances so I I knew when he was cast uh about two years ago that he was going to do a good job especially with the way the story was of this being a blend of Batman year one, uh, Batman, the long Halloween and even elements. I haven't heard anybody else throughout comic book entertainment talk about this, but they actually took a lot of inspiration from Batman earth one by Jeff Johns. So, uh, you know, I think, I think Pattinson did great. I think, uh, you know, Ben Affleck is still going to be my favorite Batman, and I think it's going to be a little bit unfair for Pattinson because now he's going. Have like is your favorite Batman? Well, I, I was about one. to say like it, you know, the, I I think the best, I think the best Batman is probably Ke- Michael Keaton. I don't think that's really okay, much of a comparison. You. But come to your senses. Here. But you know, in terms of like people, I want to see more of. It's like I don't want to see Michael Keaton really as Batman in the upcoming Flash film. I think it'll be cool. Oh, but I this do. idea that they're replacing Ben Affleck with Michael Keaton, I have, I kind of have a problem with. And I also think that's unfair. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I, I'm, I'm hearing things to the contrary. So, so we're going to see. I think they. It seems like if if anything, they may both exist in sort of whatever show might or or property might want to use one particular version yeah i mean it will we'll have to wait and see on that but like i i think um i I think pattinson really sealed it in 
I, I do have some criticisms of his character, though, but I don't think it has anything to do with how he acted. Like, I don't like the one thing I really do not like is I don't like how he treats Alfred throughout the film. I think it's unwarranted. I think he's cruel. I think it's just uh, it, it's out of character for the character of Bruce Wayne to be so antagonistic with Alfred, who's his only friend. That was the only issue I had of Pattinson, but I don't think that's him. I think that's just how this Bruce Wayne was written. Uh, otherwise, I think he I think he sealed the deal. I think he did a great job. Yeah, I think for what he was supposed to be, he was he was stellar. Like he was supposed to be the the young, but young, but focused like he's not young and brash, which, you know, year one or year two or whatever Batman in, in the comics in any iteration Batman has never been portrayed as, as young and rash. So he was he was the right kind of young. He was just young looking, but still acting with that the the sort of the poise and the uh the forethought, the diligence of the Batman we know, but prone to some mistakes because he is still a young Batman. And I think they really did a really good job of, of straddling that line. Like particularly since we're into the spoilers now, I, I really like how he he really didn't get the Riddler's mysteries. Like he did, he really didn't get the riddles at the end. And I, I really did enjoy uh, what's his name. I'm drawing a blank. Paul Dano. Paul Dano. You pulled one through for me, Renzo. Uh, I, I really like. I now I don't know if there's been. I haven't read a whole bunch of other opinions about this, so I don't know what the general opinion of, uh, of Paul Dano's uh, Riddler is. I really liked it because what were you? What what kind of Riddler are you going to do to to fit the tone of this movie? You can't have the Jim Carrey Riddler as much as it, it's. I love it because it's terrible and absurd and amazing all at the same time. But you can't you can't be corny like that in a movie it just wouldn't fit. You wouldn't even be able to use the character. Uh, so I, th- I really think that his adaptation of the Riddler as this basically, you know, delusional genius sort of who <laughs> thinks he's helping Batman in the, in this to stop the, all these criminals in Gotham city, helping Batman and helping and, and thinks that Batman is aware of this thinks that Batman is getting that all his riddles actually just point to like their partnership and, and point them to do the certain things together and thinking the whole plan came together. I just really enjoyed that. And I, I really enjoyed the way he portrayed this, this Riddler character. It's nothing like any version of Edward Nidma or any other Riddler we've really seen before. And, but it still fits, I guess it still fits the general thesis of the character itself. So I don't think they strayed so far from what matters about the character. You know, I, I think they kind of kept to that while doing a, a very, very different version. I will say though, the Ave Maria stuff, a little heavy handed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, every time you see him, you, this, the song starts playing. So that I could have done without so much of that. Yeah. I mean, that, that really, goes to the testament of matt reeves when they told when they told people that matt reeves was going to be uh scripting the film as well as directing it i i almost like all all my worries about how they would possibly mess it up and everything kind of went out the door because zodiac is one of my favorite it's one of my top 10 favorite films i mean a phenomenal cast phenomenal writing uh great performance you're not gonna like this remzo you don't like zodiac I've never you, seen you it. Got, dude, it's got Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> it's got Robert Downey Jr. It's got Jake Gyllenhaal. It's got a fantastic cast. It's it's probably I, I'd probably say like and I like my Friday night routine is watch like a suspenseful crime thriller. It's probably my favorite crime thriller movie. And um, you see a lot of how the Zodiac was in that film in the Riddler. Uh, it also reminded me of one of my favorite Netflix shows, which was canceled. Did you ever see Mindhunter? 
Uh, I have seen some of Mindhunter. Yeah, I haven't watched yeah, Mindhunter was a show that was based on true events about the FBI finally setting up their uh, their serial killers division. And it, it reminded me a lot of how they profiled the serial killers. So, I mean, I think making m- making the Riddler, you know, reflective of those real life inspirations the zodiac killer you know btk killer when he's like taping the mayor's face and you know stuff like that um i I think that made the the riddler actually seem formidable and and actually scary i i will say and and this isn't a criticism but i think this is just one of those things where it's like if you if you've seen matt reeves other films like seven with brad pitt um uh, Morgan Freeman. If you saw that movie seven and then that scene at the end in which uh, the Riddler is at Arkham and he's talking to Batman one, I think that was when it was like, Oh, Paul Dano's actually doing great because throughout the rest of the film, it's like, you know, he's just, he's kind of there, but I don't really see him as anything like, I, like I don't see the motivation yet when we actually see him without his mask on and everything. And he's showing how actually crazy it is. The only thought going through my mind that entire time. And even, even I, I think I may, maybe I'm looking too much into this because he looks like another actor who I was thinking like, oh, this is I, I feel like this role was written for somebody else. I think deep down, Matt Reeves wrote the role of the Riddler in this movie for Kevin Spacey. <laughs> oh, I could see that. Yeah. And then Spacey got got depersoned. Yeah. <laughs> so like Paul Dano's a remarkable actor. But in some of the things that he would do and the way he would walk and the way that he would talk and, you know, I looked at that and I'm like, that this is like it's like Paul Dano is playing Kevin Spacey as the Riddler (laughs) because, you know, Matt Reeves also wrote Seven and Kevin Spacey from the movie Seven, who was a serial killer, is a lot like how he wrote the Riddler. Yeah. I mean, now that you now that you say it, I can totally see that. So, I mean, I think I think all the strengths in this film came from the fact that Matt Reeves really knew what he was good at, but he also really respected the source material. I I could probably say this and not have to think twice about it. Of all the of all the Batman movies, minus maybe the first Batman film with Michael Keaton, this is probably the most accurate to the source material. Yeah. I would say so. I mean, you could you could make an argument for um man, I'm blanking on a lot today. What's the first Christopher Nolan movie? Batman Begins. Batman Begins, duh. Yeah. Ba- Batman Begins did, did but it made a lot of changes. A lot of small changes, but a, a lot of changes to be noticeable. You could argue for yeah. it. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean I, I think this is this is definitely the kind of Batman we've never seen on the big screen. And that, I think that's what I like most about it, is just how like you were kind of saying, I don't think it's my favorite portrayal. I know it's not my favorite portrayal of the character. Batman, uh, Michael Keaton cannot be defeated in my eyes. Yeah, R- Robert Pattinson at least is a far better Batman than Christian Bale. I-, I think I loved everything about the Dark Knight trilogy except Christian Bale. I-, I don't know why. It's just like I don't like him as Bruce Wayne. I don't even really like him as Batman. You know, he, he I think he's the worst part of the Dark Knight. If I had to criticize any part of the Dark Knight of a mo- as the movie, it would be that I wish they had gotten another actor to play Batman. What? You don't like Christian Bale's Batman no. voice? You don't like it when I just make a voice like this? I, I, <laughs> when I'm Batman so that no one knows who I am? I don't like anything about his Batman. I love everything about that trilogy except him. Yeah, I mean, I, I did like 
Christian Bale's Batman, and I and I did love the trilogy. I love it as a trilogy, uh, but it just it, it doesn't have the same level of grittiness, I guess. That the, the the true darkness. Like, I mean, this is a dark film. I'm not sure if there was a single scene that took place during the day. Um, so it, it had more of that. I think this had more of that really like that Frank Miller vibe uh, to it. You know, more of that. Now, seeing the dark underbelly of Gotham City, of what it really is, getting into less of the flashy superhero-y uh, Joker type stuff and more into the, you know, the crime and the connections to the, the politicians. And normally, you know, in superhero comics, when I get into that stuff, it's kind of like it's sort of boring to me sometimes because it's like, well, I'm in this world with superheroes. So, you know, how exciting is it going to be this this drama between a police chief and this and that? But it, it really did work. It, it always works for me in Batman. And it really, it really does work in this movie. And I, I'm glad they didn't go over the top. And of course, at the end of the movie, we got a, uh, a little tease of, a, of an old friend, I guess you could say. Uh, yeah, another iteration of spoiler within the spoiler alert alert in case you in case you only watch half the movie i don't know uh but there is a, a very strong tease i mean they, they they show us the joker essentially we see the green hair we hear the laugh uh we see the silhouette uh in one of the final scenes where we see paul dano uh in arkham asylum so and he he makes a friend who's quite obviously the joker that's one thing here they did they teased a lot in this movie they teased so much that could be used uh to set up you know future future movies so i'm not sure what the plan for this is it, it didn't feel like sequel bait which i do appreciate not sequel bait, right? But more just like little seeds that if you're looking for them, well, I don't know. The Joker oh, was definitely yeah. sequel bait. Come on. <laughs> I mean, that one did. But everything else, I think it was more like things like, for example, I, I love the scene in the end where Batman is finally kind of like getting his ass kicked. And then he pulls out the, uh, you know, pulls out the syringe and stabs himself and <laughs> gets all so jazzed hardcore. up. And, he, <laughs> and it's clearly Venom. And he's just, he's just losing his shit on this guy. And he almost decks Gordon and then finally, like, you know, snaps out of it. Like that Venom rage was like so out of nowhere. I don't maybe I missed it. Maybe you caught it a second time. Was there any tease or hint of that at all because i don't i don't recall when it felt i I think a lot of people are quick to say it's venom i i I understand why people would think that i actually don't think it was venom i actually think it was in i think it was an adrenaline shot because it's not that it's just regular i mean it's not that it made him stronger it's just that it gave him that boost because a moment ago he was like lying on the floor like concussed and everything and now he suddenly has the energy to go and attack that guy and he quickly you know gets out of it when gordon shakes him off wasn't it green that's why it was you know i I looked it it looked it it obviously like obviously it was something but i think i I think uh and and you're you're in a crowd of a lot of people saying oh look it's venom i don't one i think that would be a weird change in the source material two i think they would have been a little bit stronger in the tease of oh maybe this is something else but I, I think it's more like... But why do it then? Because I don't feel like it... I mean, I thought it was a cool... It was a really cool moment. It's actually one of my favorite moments in the movie. But I don't know why it was essential for the story, if not to, to tease that it's Venom. So, and this is why... And this has nothing to do with the movie, but here's why I think it's adrenaline. Um, what you... Okay, there, there, was a, there was a Spider-Man comic, like, uh, 10 years ago, I read, where it explained how Flash Thompson... Uh, went to Iraq and lost both his legs in the Marines. And then later he... This must be... No, this, this was regular Spider-Man. This is how... It, oh, they they, upgr- they upgraded it? They, uh, you know, updated the timeline? Yeah, like, you know, in, in the comics originally, you know, Flash Thompson went to Vietnam 
Well, they he, obviously Flash Thompson can't go to Vietnam because the story moves in modern times. So he went to Iraq, but this time he went to Iraq and he lost his legs. But during that, what it shows is that um, a bunch of Al Qaeda fighters were basically getting hopped up on adrenaline shots to go fight the Marines. So Flash Thompson gets shot a bunch of times. And as he's in this hideout where a bunch of these terrorists were, he basically took a shot of adrenaline in order to get himself and also drag out one of his friends. So that, you know, and watching that kind of reminded me of that, you know, it's like, oh, it, you know, that, that type of stuff. Yeah, this is more than just energy. This is like a rage, you know, like, like Batman was like, Raw! he was even like screaming like, ah, so that, that's why I felt it was more than. It's also because he's seeing, he's seeing Catwoman get strangled. I mean, he's also angry. Wait, true, so, yeah. I mean, I understand why it's Venom. I'm probably wrong, but I think it was a shot of adrenaline. Okay. I want it to be Venom. Adrenaline just seems really boring yeah. to me when you can do, even, even if we don't hear about it until like two movies from now. Have you ever seen Batman inject himself with anything? I mean, even that was just like, wow, damn, like he's, he's come prepared. It it really took me out. Like I was not expecting that at all. I mean, it was really just, again, you saw a lot of things that you just haven't seen in Batman movies before. And I, I, that's what I liked about it. It was just a, a, a very different tone and a very different feel to the entire story. And I, I like that. It, it, it was very much like a, a mystery. You know, there was, there was mystery wrapped up in this and, and intriguing mystery about what really happened with Bruce's parents. Um, Alfred's what he knew about that, how that you know caused that story in the relationship that maybe you didn't love, but I think that's that's why it was there because of you know because of maybe Bruce blaming Alfred or Alfred blaming himself. They added the wrinkle. I will say, is this did they do this in, in Jeff Johns year one where Alfred had this guilt because he 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 was going to drive the Waynes that night, but then he didn't. He was like, ah, I'm not. Gonna. Yeah, and they they actually so that was in that was in Jeff Johns Batman Earth One, and recently they made that canon. That's what I meant, Earth One. Yeah, yeah, they they made that actually canon in a recent uh, Batman special, um, where, where they actually took it from Earth One and and actually made it canon. Uh, yeah, because this is supposed to be like the grizzle. Why not? Everything matters. Everything right? matters. They can plug out anything and say this. Yeah. Happened. So like that, that is there. Uh, speaking of which one change, I'm glad. Well, I don't know if it was a change or if it was just fan speculation, but like years ago, and it's so funny to say years ago when they first revealed Robert Pattinson's Batman costume, the whole thing around the logo being the gun that killed his parents, you know, refitted to be the batman symbol i thought that was stupid i thought that was just too on the nose and a lot of people were like oh we're gonna get to see how he eventually got the gun and how he uh, took apart the gun to make his bat symbol when it when they basically showed in the film that that wasn't true and that it was also just kind of used as a as a knife to get out of things i was like oh i'm i'm glad that fan speculation was wrong this time another criticism i have of the movie is there was really a confusing sort of inconsistency regarding Batman's relationship to the police. Like he obviously has a good in with Gordon that was already established like prior to this movie. And I guess whatever their version of year one is, is where they became friends. And I'm, I'm good with that part of it, but it's like, sometimes he's they're like, Oh, he's a vigilante. Go get him. But then other times he's allowed such access to the police station that he's in the room with them, like interrogating someone. And they actually like leave him with Gordon alone. That's how much they trust this guy who like an other scenes in sequentially they are going after and saying, stop him. Cause he's a vigilante. So I just, I found some inconsistency there. Maybe you could explain it by just, you know, Gordon's influence and in saying Batman's cool, maybe against the police commissioner who's not so cool with Batman. So maybe 
but they don't really explain that. And to me, that would just that just stood out. I was like, wait, so is he is he cool with the police? Do they like him, or is he a vigilante who should be arrested? I think they tolerate him, and he's only tolerated as long as he is useful. Otherwise, they feel compelled to arrest him because they don't know who he is, and he is a he is a lawbreaker. I mean, that's what. That's why I always liked about Batman. It's like Batman keeps the DC universe grounded because, you know, all the other superheroes are tolerated in the DC universe because they have powers and because the governments of the world know that they really can't do anything about them. Whereas with Batman, he really has to kind of rule, you know, I say rule with air quotes, kind of rule through fear because he is ultimately a human. And for the citizens of Gotham who have gotten close to him, yeah, I I mean, they they know that he's a, he's a human and that they can't tolerate just regular people doing shit like that. So I think it really comes down Mm -hmm. to, you know, this tolerance of him. And I think it really plays into uh, Jeffrey Wright. I, I, I was so happy when Jeffrey Wright was cast as, uh, Commissioner Gordon. I think he's fantastic. And he's great as the watcher too. I love, I love all these comics roles he's getting. It's a fantastic actor. He, he's, he's great as the watcher. I mean, I, I've liked him since he was Felix lighter in the Daniel Craig bond films. I think you could give him that man any role and he's fantastic, but he really did kind of keep it grounded. I, I will say that with this film, I thought we were going to see more, um, more commissioner Gordon character construction. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was more yeah. of a sidekick in this film. I could have used Gordon having an affair a la, a la Batman Year One. I could have used a little a side story there. Or coming home to his wife or his kid, you know, something. In the Dark Knight trilogy, you know, Gary Oldman's Commissioner Gordon is as much of a main character as Batman. I mean, Gary Oldman's Commissioner Gordon didn't feel like a sidekick. Whereas in this film, I think Jeffrey Wright, as much as I'm happy that he got screen time and that he got to be important to the story... He felt more like a sidekick than I thought they were going to have him be. Now, maybe it's because they're setting him up because he's going to be returning in the GCPD series on HBO Max. It's not even confirmed whether or not he's going to be in that. It's highly assumed. But so, it's and that's concerned. a prequel, yeah. you said. Is that it, it's supposed to cover Batman year one, basically. If this was year two, this is this show is year one. And then Penguin takes with a Batman. Yeah. Is that is there going to be Batman? In it? What we all know. I, I, I don't I don't I think it's going to be like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where they're going to talk about him, but you're never going to see him. Or maybe you'll see the cape once in yeah. a while. But yeah, they're not they're not paying Robert Pattinson to come be in this show. This is going to be like Gotham, where they spent five years hyping you up for the last two oh, minutes of the last episode to see Batman. I wanted to like Gotham so bad. I gave it a full season. I just I just couldn't do it. Mostly because I just don't like the guy that plays Commissioner Corden, the guy from the, also who I call the guy from the OC, because that, that's how far back I go. But he's still just the guy and no one knows his name and no one ever should. Which, which is so ironic because he played the voice of Batman in Batman Year One. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't realize that. Well, respect yeah. for that. Which, which for is that. so funny when he got cast as Commissioner Gordon in the live action Gotham show. But yeah, I mean, that, that's my only criticism. It's like I wanted to see more of Commissioner Gordon. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and I feel like, you know, the scenes where he was in, he was really just there as a support character in a very generic way. Uh, I, I will say with Zoe Kravitz, I didn't know what they really intended to do with her. I think she was she was fantastic, fantastic Catwoman. I am, I am a I am a fan, Remzo, if you know what I mean. <laughs> if, if anyone was almost exactly accurate to the source material, I can totally believe 
that she is the same Catwoman from Frank Miller's Batman Year One story. Oh yeah, yeah, down to the the look, the the tude, the attitude, the whole the whole package. What did you think of? Did you feel like it was too much tying her into again? Spoilers, spoilers are coming. Having her be the daughter of like Falcone and and all, and all that stuff that that seemed that seemed a little unnecessary to me to be honest. Well, I mean that that that's from Batman: The Long Halloween. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Is this the part where I have to admit I've never read The Long Halloween? The Long Halloween's complicated sometimes. It's fantastic. I think everyone should read it. It's one of those stories I've always just known about, and I just sometimes I see it. I, I just I just never read it. You should watch the two part the two part animated film on HBO Max, Batman Long Halloween Part One and Part Two. They they change it from from the comic, but it's uh it's still it's still really good. But uh I didn't know I, I don't know if it's John Totoro or Joe Totoro. I know him as the Jesus from the Big Lebowski. But uh him as him as John, John Totoro, yeah. Him as uh Carmine Falcone. I actually forgot that he was casted in this film. I never knew he yeah, was so when I saw him there and everything he was fucking intimidating. He 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 truly like felt like a mob boss. Like he felt more like the big boss, I and mean, he kind of was portrayed as more of like the the bigger bad guy than the Riddler. I yeah. mean, the Riddler, the Riddler guided the story and the progression of the story, and was you know what Batman was dealing with the whole time. But in the background, it's like it it still always feels like Falcone. I mean, because for for the riddler falcone was his last his big boss yeah. anyway so falcone was more portrayed as like the big bad to be taken down yeah and, and i mean it was uh i i've i've always liked the crime families uh you know salvador moroni carmine falcone i always enjoyed that they were included so much in uh in batman begins and um in uh the dark knight but i mean uh john totoro is Carmine Falcone was just fantastic. I mean, he he never even takes off those glasses, which were ripped straight from the comics. I mean, he's just he he feels like the most out of reach person in all of Gotham. And that's what makes him even more intimidating than Paul Dano's Riddler, who's crazy. It's like, you know, he's he's just he he, he did fantastic, which brings us to, I think, the person who, like, freaked everyone the fuck out in this film. Colin Farrell's Penguin. I was walking out of the theater with my father the first time watching it. And he was like, you know, I've never seen that actor in a movie. And I'm like, you've seen that guy before. That's Colin Farrell. <laughs> yes, and he's like, have. that's freaking Colin Farrell. If he does not get if, if whoever put on his makeup and did his wardrobe and everything does not get an Oscar for best, you know, special effects makeup or something, then the whole thing is freaking rigged because Colin Farrell as the Penguin as Oswald Cobblepot was probably like the standout performance of the entire movie. If I didn't know going in that he was in it, I don't think I would have known I, on my own that that was he was the that that's who that was. Jeffrey Wright didn't even know he was in the movie until somebody brought it up. What did they not have scenes together? They had scenes together, the pier scene, but and he didn't know who that was. Like he didn't, they didn't. He didn't know who that was. They didn't like see each other in in no. the green room or in makeup or something. No, they were in different trailers that's, and everything. And I don't know how he was able to do it without realizing he was in it. You know, in, in this case, it's. it's it's almost more believable than Gwyneth Paltrow not knowing half the Avengers were in Avengers Endgame. Like it's it's not like that. Like this, I could almost believe because Colin Farrell only shot for a couple of weeks, and uh, then he was off. Um, but I mean, 
it's you know it's like you said it was it's there are very few performances in all of cinema history where i can say that an actor really lost themselves to their role and maybe it's just because he was wearing a fat suit and a ton of prosthetics but colin farrell fucking owned it he might have forgotten who he was by the end of this thing. I'm just a proprietor. That must be so much work to get those. Like you said, those, that is some of the best. It's like, yes, it is obviously. They made a new person. You look at, <laughs> yeah, they created a new person and you could, you could almost not know it's prosthetics, at least more than like if this was 20 years ago. Like, yes, you know, but it, it's done so well that you could forget. You can realistically forget in the context of the movie that that that, that is prosthetics. Not like, you know, Danny DeVito's uh, penguin just looks ridiculous <laughs> in Batman Returns. Like, it's very obvious that he's, he's made up here. Whereas this at least, I like that it was a very realistic version of the penguin. You know, he's not like so incredibly deformed to, to look like sort of like a, in a cartoonish way. He was just sort of, you know, just had a weird enough walk that it made sense that they kind of called him the penguin win um but I, yeah I, I, his performance is great and i i am of all the things coming out of this well i'm excited for potential sequels i'm i'm we're obviously getting oh, sequels yeah. here uh but i mean i'm very excited for uh that series and you said you said you've you've heard that it takes place like right it's, after it the takes movie. place it's right after the movie because... shouldn't he be going to jail for uh, spoiler alert killing falcon he didn't kill falcon remember oh, no, that's it right was, he pulled that's his, right he, pulled he was gun. about to yeah he was about to and then it was the riddler yes spoiler alert again <laughs> yeah but but this thing, but basically this whole movie was a setup for Cobblepot to basically become a gotham city crime lord and with the mm-hmm. flood and everything which is uh taken i think from batman zero year and, and i forgot yeah. to bring this up earlier year zero zero year, zero yeah. year. scott snyder's scott snyder's version of year one basically. yeah his update to your one. Yeah, like that was uh, a, a lot of that movie also, a lot of that book, a lot of that story made it into here, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, another another shout out to that. I mean, it's just it's just another example of why this movie worked out so well. But, you know, they take a lot of aspects from Zero Year. They take a lot of what you kind of see from Batman No Man's Land in terms of them being cut off from the rest of the world, basically, because of the flood and everything, uh, which you see a bit of in The Dark Knight Rises. Basically, what, what this show is going to do, if I have it correctly, is it's going to be more of The Sopranos in its theme. Because it's going to show the penguin now fill now filling the power vacuum left by the fact that now the mayor the, the the mayor's first day on the job the whole city goes to shit the Gotham Police Department doesn't know who to trust Batman is running around scaring the shit out of everyone the Riddler basically got everything he wanted minus you know more casualties and destruction and Carmine Falcone is dead so this is. Uh, penguin's opportunity to actually seize power and become now the the new big crime lord because so much of his competition is just either dead or substantially weakened and whoever controls the guns and the money gets to control gotham indeed yeah so i'm looking forward to that one so and then let's see who else should we talk about in this movie i think we've covered most aspects of it um Mm-hmm. who's any other actors we got to touch on I, I, we talked we touched on paul dano a bit do, do you agree with my assessment of his joker i, I would i would of give it like an eight out of a ten oh his red i i do think some bit like the ave maria song just always being there and then him singing it like a madman felt a, a little hammy a little over the top for me but the rest of his 
portrayal. It There's looks. a video that people could find on YouTube, and it's 30 minutes of Paul. It's this is literally the title: 30 minutes of Paul Dano's Riddler screaming no and ah. <laughs> No, 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 no. Ah. I did like that twist when when he realized that Batman wasn't his friend. That like like cuz so like he's living this entire delusion. Well, it's not it's a it's not a delusion because he was really taking down Gotham's crime family and but this whole time he, he thinks he's leaving clues to help Batman to 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 eventually to capture everybody and eventually to get him in the right position to kill falcone uh and then but but this whole time he thinks that batman gets it and he thinks that batman is obviously working with him so i i just loved that reaction though that that because that was great that was the kind of reaction of someone who's i don't want to get political but it's that you've seen the video of the people screaming after a certain someone won an election some years ago and it's it was the same reaction (laughs) it's just the it's your reality falling apart it's the realization that everything you thought you knew about the world is completely wrong and that either you've been lied to about it or you've created this delusion for yourself and i don't know which one is scarier but either way that's what he was processing and that's what he conveyed so well with that with that scene so that made up for the ave maria over the top nonsense to me yeah, I think it's I think it's safe for us to get into grading. What do you say? I think so. I'd say so. We can talk, let's let's do our grades, and then I want to talk. I want to talk potential sequel uh, sequels. But, well, let's but do it. We'll, we'll, let's grade it first. On, we start? Uh, yeah, and we'll, we'll we'll rate this different than how we rate books. I think in the past for movies, we've just done a, scr- a straight you know one to ten scale. I, I want to. I, I feel like I should give it higher, but. You know, I, I think I, I think it's kind of fair with this because if we're just talking Batman movies, I think The Dark Knight is a ten out of ten, and I think Batman and Robin is a steaming zero. I'm going to give this an eight point five. I thought it was excellent, okay. and it's a really excellent Batman movie. But I think if I'm in the mood for Batman, I think I'm going to go watch the Dark Knight trilogy, or I'm going to go, you know, pull up. Zack Snyder's Justice League or Batman vs Superman watch Ben Affleck it's not that it's not good it's just that you know in comparison in terms of other Batman films and other Batman actors and stories a lot of this is stuff we've seen before we we saw it in a completely different way here but a lot of it had been set up in in the Nolan films which I think is is smart but you know it's uh it, it's better than the Dark Knight Rises but it still falls uh, a tick below Batman Begins in the Dark Knight. I would put Batman Begins as a 9 out of 10. I'd put the Dark Knight as a 10 out of 10. This is at an 8.5. It's still above the Dark Knight Rises, which I would give like a 7. I think I mostly agree with you, although, yeah, I guess Dark Knight Rises for me is, it's like my Return of the Jedi. Because as far as the Star Wars movies goes, I agree and will not argue that empire strikes back is the best of the original trilogy True. it is the best movie objectively speaking but for whatever reason it's maybe just like when i watched it as a kid and what i like because i love i love muppets and puppets and all that shit and there's a lot of them in return of the jedi so like it's the movie that i i kind of like watching the most not for really any reason i can logically defend and i won't ever call it like the best of those movies but it's just the one i've always liked the most i liked watching the most and that is kind of how i feel about dark knight returns it i I agree like dark Knight, not not dark knight returns about wait which (laughs) dark knight rises 
the dark knight rises that's right that's not yes it's it's not it's it is definitively and objectively the least good of those three movies um and i would agree with your ranking of the three uh but i think i just like it i like I, like if i'm gonna watch one here's what it is if I'm, if I'm gonna pop one on in the background but like not necessarily be like i'm focusing on a movie now it's definitely gonna be the dark knight rises because i just think that has like enough it's fun to me it's the most fun to me for a number of reasons um i think a lot of it is like the nostalgia of of growing up and and learning about batman during nightfall when he got his back broken and seeing at least some aspects of that storyline brought to film in a really well done way now we saw another version of bane in a movie that we can pretend didn't happen that you mentioned earlier that bane didn't doesn't exist but this portrayal of bane was actually done so well by tom hardy that i I just have a soft spot for it but i agree with you uh, on on the ranking of those films anyway I, i also basically agree with you on the ranking of this movie. I'm giving it an eight and instead of an 8.5. Why? Just cause that's the number I had in my mind and I don't want to be influenced by your 8.5, but I, I pretty much agree with your assessment. It's, it's, it's a really good diversion and you know, time, you know, time will, will tell, you know, we'll see how I feel about this movie in, in five, 10 years compared to whatever other Batman's Batflex and other Keaton's we've seen since then, or whoever, whatever other Batman's we get. Well, I mean, think um, how but, spoiled we are because with between so now spoiled. and the next so year, much yeah, like we're so getting many so many Batman on screen. It's almost too much but it's not because i fucking love them all and so it's not too much i bring it people are like how much batman can you really consume it's like never enough try never me. enough exactly try me before we start talking you know like potential sequels and everything like that i mean this does bring in the question would you rather see another robert pattinson sequel or would you rather see ben affleck get a full solo movie for once <sighs> I still I think I'd rather I would still rather see a Ben Affleck solo film. What would you want to see in an in a Affleck solo film, though? Would you want to see because I feel like I already got the the apex of what a, a, a Ben Affleck solo film would be like. We already basically got him as Dark Knight Returns Batman going after, you know, in, in, in BVS. So I feel like I want to see him fight Deathstroke, dude. I want to see that, too. So here's what I want. Here's here's what. We, and this is actually somewhat realistic, maybe. I would like to see the re- the Snyder verse restored, and I would like to see Bat Batfleck continue in the, in some alternate Snyderverse timeline that we just get as the Snyderverse timeline. And I'd also like to see Robert Pattinson in a bat in a, the Batman sequel. I'd also like to see if Michael Keaton stick around on something else. So whatever, break, give it, give me all, give it, give it, give it to me all. I can't get enough. That's I want fair. them all doing their their own things. I would, of course, watch a Bat Fact movie too. So I'm not you know, you have to twist my arm. I mean, if anyone's gonna give us that, it's gonna be Warner Brothers, especially if HBO Max right now, because that new Batgirl movie, which ties into all the upcoming shit after Flash and everything, that's going straight to HBO Max. Oh, that's a movie. No one knows what universe that takes place in, but they know that Michael Keaton's in it again. Yeah, I, that's why I don't think they're gonna have Keaton officially replace Batfleck. I think it's just like okay in this universe where this bad girl is or this whatever michael keaton's that batman in this universe and maybe in some other universe with some other show or some other movie some other guy's the batman why not why the heck not these guys are all great actors they all deserve they all deserve the paychecks as far as i'm concerned and i'll watch all of these things so and i think they know that too it's crazy i mean there's got to be a point where the bubble bursts um, I don't know when, where, or how, but it just seems like there's no there's no limit to the amount of comic book 
content that can come out right now that will not just be completely absorbed and consumed uh, at every level. My, my only issue right now is just catching up with everything because as we mentioned, they, on me our, too. as we mentioned on our last uh, Patreon, exclusive I still have comics to read from 30 years ago. I still, I still, I have, a, I still have a fucking pile in front of me at my desk. Like you have your yeah. own fucking pile of recent <laughs> comics. <laughs> like, you know, my, my problem now, as we mentioned on the last uh, Patreon exclusive potpourri episode is just that I, I don't have time to, watch everything i'm very selective so I'm, I'm more of a reader than a watcher I'll, I'll say that yeah i still gotta catch up on doom patrol and titans and young justice and i don't know if i missed a marvel show or not i mean it's there, there there's just so much going on right now what what, what i will say in, in terms of this uh of this new robert pattinson matt reeves batman trilogy is that they're really going for the heart of who Batman is in relation to Gotham. I think they really began to touch on that through the Dark Knight trilogy, but we're we're going to see more of that here. I would like to see I would like to see the Scarecrow actually be more formidable as a as a villain i think obviously they're they're bringing in the joker next time because they just know it's gonna be instant money i'm not really happy with the fact that they got the guy from eternals to come and be joker i'm not oh is that who that that, is that's who it is yeah i'm not i'm not really happy and when they when they showed him in his little cameo in this film his unaccredited cameo I, i i was not i was not impressed like nothing gave me like joaquin phoenix vibes where i'm like i could see that dude's the joker nothing screamed joker from here in fact, the guy who uh, I think uh, Cameron Mahone, who plays uh, the Joker in the Gotham TV show, I mean, I think he's still probably one of the better actors to play the Joker in in recent memory outside of of um, of oh shit, this is so embarrassing. Who played who played the Joker in the Dark Knight? <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix. No, that one I got. Alexa, who played the oh, Joker? In, in the Dark Knight. No, Heath Ledger. Heath, Heath Ledger, Ledger. Yeah. Alexa, stop. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's a late afternoon, folks. Heath Ledger, you fucking yeah, moron. Heath Ledger, an American treasure. No, an Australian treasure. Okay, he was the world's treasure. Um, you know, I I mean, nothing screamed. I want to see this guy as the Joker. But if they could bring in somebody to play Scarecrow, I mean, that that's my biggest crit- criticism of Batman Begins. I thought how they did Scarecrow in that movie was was not great and i don't like the fact that they had him as kind of like a spoof character in the dark knight and then when he came back in dark knight rises i think it 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 dwindles down how scary the scarecrow really is so i think if we're ever gonna get an opportunity for like a full-on like batman horror movie i think we could get it in this trilogy if they could bring in the scarecrow for the sequel I'd be totally down with that. Yeah. Any casting choices for this for the Scarecrow? Oh. Howard Stern? <laughs> remember when that one was rumored like twenty years ago? So weird. You probably don't remember. You're um, not born yet. Shit. I have thought of it, and much like every other no person idea. that I've I, I've tried to mention tonight, I don't John remember. John C. Riley as the, as the Scarecrow. No, the the guy from the guy from Mindhunter. Mindhunters on Netflix, the guy who played the lead actor on that. Okay, I don't know his name. But I don't know his I, name I, either. I, I, that would work. That works for me. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I could, I could see him as a, as a, as a crane, as a doctor crane. I could totally see that. Here's what I'd love to ultimately see, whether it's in a second movie or a third movie. I'm sure this is going to end up being a trilogy, like at a minimum. I, I have to think he's already signed on for two more films. He's locked in. Okay, well there we go. I would like to see. So we we 
got this, but we didn't get this. We got a great portrayal of Bane in Dark Knight Rises. I would like to see whether it's Bane or not. And you can be comic accurate and keep it keeping it as as Bane responsible. I would like to see an Arkham overrun situation where it would have to be a third movie, I guess, because you have to introduce a couple other villains and then maybe a couple more in the third movie. So you maybe have like like five or six villains that you know well, and maybe a few others that that come into the movie. I would like to see Batman have to run a gauntlet, like you know, run a real mm. Nightfall type. Like he has to like fight seven or eight guys and just gets broken. I guess you kind of have to do it if you're going to do that. You got to do the, do it with Bane, I guess. And then you could also tie in the vet and maybe maybe you even tie it in maybe that's how he gets through it maybe you know because you kind of introduced this venom or this you know if you just say it's the uh, so batman becomes a drug addict throughout the film i like it yeah maybe he maybe he is keeps using the venom to try to get you know get closer and closer but you know eventually it just breaks him and whatever and then yeah he has to, maybe he has to fight back from drug addiction and also defeat pain i mean that that is that is found in the comics in the batman venom story yeah, yeah. i know i want to see that i want to see that adaptation now that they tease that like maybe they don't need to go full-on drug addict with it but i think they could tease a reliance on it you know maybe he he you know he gets he realizes oh wait i can sleep even less you know i can i can cover even more ground i can do even more and, and just drives himself to the ground i'd like to see some version of that venom storyline brought in and i'd like to see some version of nightfall because in in dark knight rises we got bane but we didn't get what i love about nightfall what i really love about nightfall it's not necessarily bane although i do really he's like in, the character he's bane in a fucking in pit for half the movie <laughs> yeah he's he's mostly in a pit but i I really like yeah in the comics i really love that that gauntlet like batman having to run the gauntlet of all of his greatest enemies and i would love to see some some big screen adaptation of this so maybe the sequel could introduce obviously we already get the joker you could you know we 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 typically handle two villains per series here you already get the joker maybe we'll get the joker and the scarecrow and then we've already seen the penguin too so then by the time you get to a trilogy you got joe you got all the classics you got riddler you got joker you got a scarecrow you got a penguin and then we could toss in a couple more and have batman run that gauntlet have pattinson run the gauntlet that's what i want to see yeah if anybody's listening if any if any of the actors could pull off like a real like psychological and physical story like that in which batman's just getting his ass beat the entire time it's pattinson yeah yeah he i could see him getting his ass beat and take and doing it very well so <laughs> for for that reason uh yeah i'm de- definitely a fan so yeah I, this was actually uh this month's or our bi-monthly potpourri episode where we talk about what we've been reading, what we've been watching, but we felt this month it, it, it made sense to just dedicate that to uh, looking at this movie because, you know, we've been reading some things. We'll talk about that eventually. But every other month, we do a potpourri episode for our patrons only. So there's one up there now uh, from about a month ago where we talked about all sorts of multiversal type things in both the comics and the movies. And of course, our patrons will be getting another one in just a few weeks now. So uh, stay tuned for all of that by signing up for our Patreon. Patreon.com slash second print pod where you get all sorts of wonderful goodness, including early access to all these episodes. You might be now listening to this early if you're a patron. You could already be listening. You might already be listening. Depending, man, I'm, I'm caught in the time warp now, Remzo. I don't know. The point is, we can use your money. <laughs> That's the point. Remzo, take us home. Folks, as always, you might not be vengeance in Gotham City, but that you can do one thing, and it's very simple. You can read comics and change the world. And change the world. Good night, America. Adios.
saving money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.